Yesterday's inflation report was mixed, to say the best. I mean, the top line was that inflation is falling. And so annualized, we're going to get to something that is a lot more compelling or interest, not interesting, but a lot more palatable than where we were in the month of June, when I think it was that we peaked. However, food inflation is the one thing you're dealing with on the front lines almost every single day. And the price of food was actually uh, well over 10% annual and it looks like it's not going down anytime soon. But here to explain what's going on here in all these dynamics is David McDonald, Senior Economist at the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. David, it's nice to have you this morning. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Okay, well, let's talk about all of the things that go into the creation of this index and why some are more trouble than others. For example, um, price of fuel was really pushing things for a while, and now the price of fuel is, to use the word again, much more palatable than it was last spring. Yeah, that's right. And so well, we're seeing much higher grocery store food prices, uh, 11.4% uh, prices up year over year. Uh, and so this is tremendously high. Uh, you know, it, it matched an 11.4 number that we saw a few months ago. But th- these are very high increases in food prices. Uh, also higher food prices in restaurants. Uh, that has remained quite high. Now, there's a bit of an offset here insofar as people have noticed the gas prices have come back down. Gas prices were the big player in driving the CPI much higher than it is now in June. I mean, it was over 8% in June. We're now down to just a little under 7% at 6.8%. Now, these food and energy prices, uh, is well known that these are volatile parts of the index, which is to say, you know, you watch gas prices. They're going up and down all the time, whereas other parts of this price index are not as volatile. And so what what um, the Bank of Canada, for instance, does, and other economists often do, is run the inflation index but exclude food and energy because we know that those are more volatile to see kind of what's going on behind those volatile measures. And so this month, uh, we actually saw that inflation figure excluding food and energy go up a little bit since last month, even though the headline number went down because a lot of the reason why it's going down is is, uh, is gas prices. The other thing I think that's worth pointing out is that the Bank of Canada doesn't use either of those measures. It doesn't use the headline number and it doesn't use the, the inflation excluding food and energy. It has its own derivatives of the, of the CPI. It has three of them that, that it prefers and it thinks uh, provides a better view of what's happening in inflation. And those three measures have been going the wrong way since September. Uh, they've actually been going up since September or two out of the three in any given month. So, you know, it's a very mixed picture this month. Certainly the headline number's a bit down, but it's not good news uh, in general because some of these core measures that are what's feeding into the Bank of Canada's decisions around interest rates are going the wrong way, um, which is to say, you know, they, they look at this and say, well, geez, you know, what we're trying to do here is not working yet. What do you see happening in the near future then in terms of food prices? Because the problem here is, you know, if inflation makes a pair of shoes too expensive, you don't really need to buy that pair of shoes, uh, but you do need to get food. Yeah, I mean, one of the things about the index is it doesn't adjust for the fact that people are changing their buying behavior. So if things get more expensive, they'll buy substitutes. And so that's certainly happening. So this overestimates the impact. You know, this is kind of like a robot went into 
you know, your grocery store every month and bought the exact same thing, that robot would pay 11.4% more than last year. Uh, but for consumers, they can moderate that to some degree by, by substituting some things for other that are less expensive. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, this is one of the more persistent pieces, and it's a more complicated picture than just gas, which is going to be related to the price of oil plus refining capacity. And so some of that refining capacity has come back online. The price of oil has come down, and therefore gas at the pumps has gone down. It's, it's a much more straightforward picture, whereas on the food front, it's much less straightforward because you've got a whole variety of different foods that are grown in different places, coming in, um, you know, into grocery stores uh, in different ways, and you're seeing this persistently high price that doesn't seem to be really going away. Um, you know, the other thing that this has really started to bleed into now, and particularly this month, is rent. Um, huge jump in rents uh, year over year. That we, we, so We've certainly seen rents going up over time, um, but really a substantial jump in this particular year um, to just under 6% over last year, where it was, it was under 5% last month, so year over year. And part of what's happening here is that as interest rates rise, um, part of you know part of interest rate rise is actually captured in in the in the inflation index because mortgage costs is part of the inflation index. It's going through the roof because interest rates are going up. Not a big surprise. Um, house prices are going down, um, and the cost to buy houses and the transaction costs, like that you pay a real estate agent, that's also going down. But it's a wash. So uh, mortgage rates are going up in the CPI index at the same time as house prices and um, uh, real estate costs are going down. There's actually no benefit there. There should be. I mean, it's what we would expect. And we saw a benefit for the first couple months of these rate increases. Um, but since then, we've seen no benefit. The flip side, the downside of all this, though, is that a lot of folks aren't buying into houses because they can't, um, and so they're staying and renting. And so we're seeing this huge kick on the rental side, which is very concerning. And what it says at this point is that the Bank of Canada's interest rate increases is also increasing inflation. Uh, because of this effect on the rental market, not decreasing inflation. The whole, remember, the whole point of this, right, of these higher interest rates, higher mortgage costs, is to decrease inflation. But it's doing the opposite at this point in this cycle. Super. David, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome.